Hey, welcome to New Community Elkins Podcast. I'm the pastor, Bobby Benavides, and I am excited to have you with us. I hope you enjoy what you hear. I hope it encourages you and keeps you moving forward in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Well, thanks, Seth. Um, I appreciate your, just again, your leadership in that. And yes, uh, we believe that we have a God who is a way maker. He is a miracle worker. He is the one who does not stop working. And in this time, we believe um, that he is the one who will make a way. And he makes a way by teaching us, right? He makes a way by teaching us and showing us in Scripture uh, what does it mean to really be connected as people. And so we're continuing our series, um, I Am, the I Am series. And the I Am series, again, as we've talked about this before, it's really about understanding who God is for us, right? Um, And who God is in all of his glory, understanding that he stays constant. We do not. We do not stay who we are. We are never. We have never meant to be that way. We've we've always been meant to grow and become something new and become something different through Christ, through the Spirit moving in us. And when we know who I am is, that's when we begin to shift. Right. That's when we start to have things inside of us change. But today. Um, I wish it was going to be like a, a very easy sermon, right? One that just kind of is all about how exciting it is to be different and how exciting it is for, like, it's it just, I can't do that today. I just can't. Um, I'm I'm dealing with a lot of stuff in this time. I'm going to be real, right? And and again, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm hoping and praying that you stay with me on this, but, um, you know, it is what it is. I, I think that we live in a time where, the voices of, of leaders in the church, the voices of the church need to rise up. And so um, I'm, I'm hurting with my brothers and sisters of, of color, my, peop- my friends who are dealing with all of this happening. And I want to re- wanna wrestle with that today, especially in this series. The way we want to close out this series is understanding I am in this moment, right? Especially in this moment that we're in. It's painful. I'm hurting. You know, whether you know it or not, right? I'm in Elkins, West Virginia, but I'm 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 an Hispanic male, right, from Southern California that moved here to work with rural Appalachia, right? When I worked with World Vision, that was my focus. And now here I am in a church that I planted in a primarily a white community. And so now for me, I'm gonna be speaking through some pain. But I'm going to be speaking through truth in the scriptures as well. So again, I hope that you're you're with me. I hope that you are um, going to listen in this time. Because scripture has a lot to say. Jesus has a lot to say to us in this season. So I'm going to just pray again, and then we're going to jump in. Father, we love you. We honor you in this place, in this time. We know who you are. God, we ask for you to reveal even more today. I ask that you you show us how we should be together in this and how the church should be active in demonstrating who you are to the world. 
So Lord, guide this time. Speak in this time. Move in this time. We praise you in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So we're going to be looking at some scripture today. Um, Obviously. (laughs) We are going to be seeing Jesus speaking to his people, right? The people of God. This is actually towards the end of Matthew. We're looking at Matthew 25. Um, and at the end of Matthew, right before he is actually going to be going to uh, basically be, be murdered, um, to be put to the cross, to be a sacrifice for us, this is what he's going to be speaking to his people. And in this time, he's sharing with them who he is. Who is he? And, and this is also a section of scripture that we're going to be looking at that has been used to strike fear in a lot of people. It's been used to say, well, look, if you aren't doing things right, you're going to be separated. You're going to be separated. And and we're going to understand what that means. Because, yes, there will be a separation. Yes, when Jesus returns, there will be a separation. But why? Because a lot of times what's said from this section of Scripture is, well, it's only if you're doing the right things. If you are going to church, if you're reading the Bible, if you're doing certain activities, then this is how the separation... But we're going to see what it really means in this moment. So, again, let's jump in. Matthew 25, if you wouldn't mind going with me there. We're going to go ahead and open it up. Let me go ahead and get my scriptures open because it's important. Um, We're going to be looking at Matthew 25 beginning in verse 31. So, it'll pop up on the screen here for you too. So, here we go. So when the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. And then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Now, if I just stop there, which right now I'm going to, but if I just stop there, then you would see that as, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, am I one of the sheep? Am I one of the goats? What does this mean? Right? He's going to separate. What does this look like? How do I, how do I go on? You know, this is where people get fearful of what's going to happen at the end. But for us, we have to understand that he is speaking to people saying, look, if you're with me, if you're on my side, then you're going to be on my right. But if you're not, you're going to be on the left. And what that's going to look like in the end, that means I'm going to tell you that if you're on my right side, come, you're blessed. Inherit the kingdom because that is what's been prepared for you from the foundation of the world, from the beginning of time. This is what's been set up for you. But then we see what it means and why he separates. Because now he said, look, you've inherited this because of this. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you as a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly, I say to you, as you did it 
to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. This is why they inherited the kingdom. Notice how it wasn't like, well, because you memorized the Bible, because you listened to Christian music, because you went to church every Sunday, because you were able to watch your mouth, right? Because you were able to, like none of those things were why they inherited the kingdom. Why they inherited the kingdom was because they loved their neighbor as they loved themselves. They gave to those who were hungry. They gave drink to those who were thirsty. They clothed those who were naked. They gave food when people were hungry, right? This is all about it. When they were sick, they visited them. When they were in prison, they went to them. This is why they inherited the kingdom. This is why. So why does a separation happen? Because he's going to say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they will also, well, they also will answer saying, Lord, when do we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? And then he will answer them saying, Truly, I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. These are powerful words coming from the Savior of the world, our Savior, Jesus. Now you have to realize what's going on in this moment, because a lot of stuff is being flipped over upside down. This is Jesus who said, who came into the world to really turn over systems, but not the way the people expected it. Because when the people heard about the Messiah, what they expected was a Messiah who's going to come in and create a war against the government who'd been oppressing them. A Messiah who's going to come in and just, oh, tear things up and rise up the people of Israel. Jewish people would have their place and, and he would all have all this power and he would take over government authority and he was not doing it the way they expected because now he flips it over and says, no, no, because, because the system has been set up to oppress and suppress people. The system that when you're sick, you're shunned. When you're naked, it's because you're poor, so now you're pushed out of the, you're pushed out of the city. When you are when you have a, a leprosy or you have anything like that, you are pushed out of the city. And you better hope you can beg and get people to give you something. You better hope you can get somebody to push you into a pool so you can get healed. You better hope that you can have somebody who doesn't stone you because you've done something wrong. Prisoners were looked at as 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 ugly. They were looked at as as vile creatures. They were they weren't even they were not even supposed to be spoken to. And this is what the society was telling them then. And so he's saying, forget all that. If you're gonna follow me, if you're gonna be with me, if you're gonna be a, a person who claims my name, then guess what you're gonna be doing? You're gonna be sitting with the sick. You're gonna be sitting with the prisoner. You're gonna be walking with those who are oppressed. You're gonna be walking with those who've been pushed out. You're gonna be walking with those who've been left alone, who've had their voices shut out, you are going to be a part of the healing. That is your call. And guess what he did? He redefined righteousness for the people in this moment, because righteousness to them was showing up to temple, was putting in the tithes, was making sure that you did everything right, that you looked good. That is righteousness to them. Memorizing the Torah, right? Doing all this stuff was righteousness, but he redefined righteousness. Righteousness to him 
was doing all the things he listed. You see, in this moment, we have a lot of people who are dealing with pain, who are hurting, because we've watched over and over and over again voices being silenced, people being murdered, where we have people who have been looked at as as less than, a system that has been set up to oppress and suppress people of color and different ethnicities. This is true. Okay, look in your history books. I'm not I'm not going to I I hate this right now because this is where I should not be, right? But I'm angry. I'm angry because we see people like Philando Castile, Michael Brown, I, had a, I wrote down some names on a piece of paper here. We have Trayvon Martin. We have Rakia Boyd. We have Eric Garner, Ahmad Arbery, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, Tamir Rice. All these people who have been killed, unarmed, unnecessarily, because a system has been set up to oppress. A system where sometimes I think we like to sweep it under the rug. Even as the church, we like to sweep it under the rug. We don't want to talk about this. Why? Because either we don't know how to talk about it or we just don't want to because it's going to ruffle feathers. Well, Jesus came in and he ruffled feathers. He messed up the religious people. He messed up the systems. Why? Because that is who he is. I am the prisoner. I am the sick. I am the oppressed. He is this. And he needed his people to rise up and speak into the brokenness. To rise up and create change. To rise up and cause some turmoil in the system. To flip over tables a little bit and make people uncomfortable. Because that's what he did. He came in to make people uncomfortable so that way he can point them to righteousness. Righteousness is not dressing right. Righteousness is not saying the correct words. Righteousness is not memorizing the Bible, opening this up every single day. That is not righteousness. That's, that is something that you're moved to do because you want to learn more. But righteousness does not, does, does not depend on you memorizing Scripture. Righteousness does not depend on, on, on how often you show up to church. Righteousness depends on how well you love your neighbor and you listen to the neighbor because you can't sit with a prisoner and not hear their story. You can't sit with someone who's sick and not hear their pain. You can't. You can't just give somebody clothes and not understand why they're naked in the first place. You can't. Right now there's riots occurring. And no, I'm not condoning violence. I'm not condoning anything like that. But what I am saying, I understand it. Because the thing is, the people in Jesus' time who were waiting for the Messiah, they were waiting for violence too. They were. They could not wait for the Messiah to come in and take down a system that had been pushing them down for so long, and they could not wait to be set free. And their voices had been silenced by the Roman government. Their voices have been silenced by the religious leaders saying, don't say anything because if you do, then we're going to lose our place. We're going to lose our temple. We're going to lose our finances. We're going to lose our support. Don't say anything because we don't want to have things shaken up. And Jesus is saying, I'm flipping that. Let's shake it up a little bit. Let's shake it up a little bit. And he didn't, no, he didn't come in a violent way. 
He did not. He even told Peter at one point in time when, when he's getting taken to the cross by Roman guards, that like you see Peter pull out a, a fisherman's knife and cut off a guard's ear. And Jesus is like, whoa, let me heal that ear. Peter, he who lives by the sword is going to die by the sword. But let's use this to create change. Because Peter, you... you You've said a lot of things wrong, and you've done a lot of things wrong in this way, but guess what you're going to end up doing? You're going to end up planting my church, and you're going to be the one that makes the movement, and you're going to be the one that steps into different cities and, and shares the meaning of the gospel. You're going to be the one who I show a blanket full of things that are not supposed to be touched by a good Jewish man, and you're going to tell me those are unclean, and I'm going to have to tell you, do not call something unclean that's not clean or that I've made clean, because I'm the creator. I am your savior. I am the one who's made it all right. So now you know your job is to go into the world and love the world the way that I have loved you. And what that's going to do is going to create some discomfort. It's going to challenge systems to a point where you're going to cast out a demon, and people are going to look at you like you've You've done something horribly wrong because you've taken away a money. You've taken away a money system, an income. You flipped the world upside down by doing that. You see, I'm, I'm here right now as a pastor who, who loves people. I do. I've been told that I'm racist because I've I've taken the stance. Like I've been I've been hit up in my private messages because the person who wanted to challenge me didn't want to challenge me publicly, but went ahead and went on a private message. Like, okay, I might be getting a little too real right now, but I honestly do not care. I don't. But this is someone who came on my private message saying that I was not a man of God because I was talking about racism and that it created separation. But I'm going to tell you right now that I think that a person who is a person of God, who loves God, is going to be standing up against this kind of stuff, is going to be speaking out, is going to learn the names of people who have lost their lives and families who are dealing with the reminder to this day of what happened to their child. To see on Facebook somebody share that um, there were, in Houston that there was a woman who held a hammer, a, a woman holding a hammer and telling some Latino doctors that you Mexicans need to go home. How is that right? It's not. And the people of God, the ones that he's, that we are here, we are worshiping Jesus in this moment. The people of God should be the ones instantly voicing change. We should be the ones rising up to say no more. We should be the ones saying this is not going to happen in our city. It's not going to happen in our church. It's not going to happen to our people, to the people that God created. Because if we believe that all people are made in the image of God, then we are going to stand up for I am. Because I am is inside every single one of us. I am is the sick. I am is the prisoner. I am is naked. I am is hungry. I am is thirsty. And he's longing for his people to do what he's called them to do, to truly live in righteousness and stand up for the oppression and suppression of people.
That is our call. And we have, to, we have to search ourselves because in this moment, if you're mad that I'm talking about this, then we need, a, we need to figure out what's going on there. But if you're mad that this is even happening, then let's, let's rise up. Let's start speaking into the systems. Let's, let's really observe the systems around us that have been set up to damage people. Let's challenge it. Let's speak into it. We don't have to be violent. But we have to understand where this is coming from. Because when you look in Scripture, look in Scripture, when people are being oppressed and put down, they are ready to rise up in violence and they could not wait for the Messiah to do it. And I think people are waiting for the church to rise up and speak into this and create the change and be a part of this because we should be the first responding. I heard somebody say on, on a podcast I listened to you talking about um, how Kim Kardashian, of all people, like I'm not judging her. In fact, I'm actually celebrating her in this moment that she did not just say, oh, I'm going to tweet out a nice little thing. I'm actually going to learn. I'm going to go to law school. I'm actually going to go and speak to the president. I'm actually going to go and fight for change. Kim Kardashian, she's not a leader in the church. She might be a part of the church. But she's using her voice to speak out and change. And, and they're saying, look at this. How come this person is stepping up and being bigger than the leaders in the church? And I said, that, whoa. Whoa. I live in a time where even I look at, I look at our situation today and I'm saying to myself, what, what would Jesus do in this moment? I think he'd be reading this a little bit more forcefully. He'd be saying this a little bit more forcefully to people. Because I think when we read his words, we think of a soft voice. We think of a gentle Jesus that would never be hard on anyone. But I think when he's talking to the people, when he's saying these words, depart from me, you cursed, that's not gentle. Into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was oppressed and you ignored me. There, there are people killing my people in the streets and you ignored me. There's people who look at my color of skin and, and judge me and push me out and you ignore it. Go, because I don't know you. This is hard. But what do we do? Do we just feel bad? Do we, do we just take it in and just say, oh man, I'm such a horrible person. Oh man, I can't believe this is going on. No, we start taking action, guys. We start speaking into it. We start rising up and we start making changes. Like I just said, we step into the lives of the broken. We listen to stories. We don't just read a meme or we don't check on news sources because some because we admit that media sources are flawed, okay? Listen to the stories of your brothers and sisters who are people of color. Listen to their stories. Listen to how they've shifted. And if you don't know anyone, that's your first problem. But the second, if you're not willing to listen, that is a problem. Sit and listen. Hear the pain. Mourn with them. Lament with them. Walk with them. Empathize with them. Put yourself in their position. That's a start. Sit with them. 
visit with them. Use your voice. Because I think their voices are tired. They need us. They need the church. I need the church. My kids need the church. Jesus needs the church to be who they're supposed to be. Standing with the least. Being a voice to the voiceless. Because he also said to Peter, he said to his people, it happened that as he was praying alone, the disciples were with him, and he asked them, Who do the crowds say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist, but others say Elijah, and others that one of the prophets of old has risen. Then he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Peter, Peter answered, The Christ of God. And he strictly charged and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. Who do you say he is? Is he only the savior of, of your narrative? Is he only the savior of your place? You have to answer that. I can't. But what I read in scripture, he's the savior of all. What I read in scripture is that he is a part of everything and he longs for his people to rise up and show who he is. Who is he to you? Do you know I am? Because I am, again, is the naked. I am is the hungry. I am is the thirsty. I am is the son of God who came for all people to be loved, to be empowered, to be unified, to be embraced, to be heard, to be protected. We have to stand on that. I'm hurting. My heart breaks for this. But what are we going to do? I'm going to speak. I'm going to stand. I'm going to be with it. I love you. I love all of you. And I hope that you hear that in my voice, that I love you. And I love the church. And I love this country. And I love my people. I love this. But I also see stuff that needs to be fixed. And we cannot stay silent anymore. I challenge you to think through this. I encourage you to think through this. I, I hope and pray that you're moved to at least start listening and be present in the pain. Because I am is there. Will you be? Let's pray. Father, we... I don't know what to say anymore, God. 
I seek you. We seek you. We want your wisdom. We want your righteousness. We want you to be here, God. But right now, Lord, we know that Jesus can't return in this moment. We we know that, God. I mean, <laughs> we believe that. I I don't know your plan. But, Father, right now, he's not here. He has not returned. So he longs for his church to speak. He longs for his church to be present. He longs for his church to move for his glory to shine. So Lord, move in us, work in us, tear down our walls that have been built up that are filled with anger, hatred, bitterness, bigotry, racism, whatever. God, cleanse that and let us walk in true righteousness, loving the broken, serving the broken, being present with the broken and walking with them in their pain. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters in this world who don't feel safe. My friends who tell me how they cannot feel comfortable walking in their own streets. My friends who have told me that they had to shift the way they speak, the way they dress in order to make other people feel comfortable with them. My friends who feel like their skin color is a threat to others. God, I, oh, that's ugly. That is not of you. And Lord, we seek you now, God. We seek you to bring peace and healing and restoration and reconciliation. God, we ask you again in the name of your son, Jesus, to just be present in this. And Father, we ask you for wisdom, for the right words to speak, and for us to stay silent when we need to stay silent, God, we ask for you to guide this. But Lord, help us. Help us. Help us. We seek you, Lord Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the New Community Elkins podcast. Um, again, I am Pastor Bobby Benavides, and I really appreciate you joining us. I hope the message was encouraging. I hope it challenged you in your journey with Jesus and moves you to a deeper relationship with your Creator. Have a great week.